Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Welcome back to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. How is everybody doing? I'm so excited about my guest today, not only because she's my friend, but also because she's my friend. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? She is my friend. I am Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. the momatrician, your rebel with a cause to spread love and kindness and awareness and compassion about suicide and suicide victims and suicide survivors. This month is September. We're still in Suicide Awareness Month. No, I don't know when this is going to air, but I just want you to know that this episode is being recorded in September. And it's important for us to know that it is Suicide Awareness Month and we need to talk about it. We need to start talking about it. So without further ado, my guest today is my friend, mi amor, mi hermana, Marie. She is a friend of mine. She's a family nurse practitioner. For over 20 years, so this chica knows what she's talking about, okay? She's a mom of three gorgeous children. One of them was a speaker at one of my events. And, of course, she's a wife and a major, major advocate for depression, bullying, and suicide, you know, what I fight about. And um, lastly, she's going to come from a personal angle, but also from, a, from a, the angle of having lost a friend to suicide. So we're going to talk about what it means to survive the loss of a friend. I've never really talked about mine in details, but hopefully she's going to dig a little bit deeper into it and we'll see if someone listening to me today will be touched by an angel called Marie. Take it away. How are you, Miyamana? How are I'm, you? I'm here. I'm great. I'm happy to be with you. And uh, happy to share any experience I can that will maybe help other people. Exactly. And that is, that's the whole essence of this podcast. So where do you want to start, Mia Moore? Where do you want to start? Um, I guess just um, I'm, I'm here to, I guess the first thing for me that comes to mind would be um, the loss of a college friend of mine that um, um, took her life to suicide and um, how how it changed my life and helped me continue to try to uh, just be loving and caring and listening to people that are maybe you don't know are having a hard time and to uh, just looking at the nonverbals and the, the behaviors of people um, before it's too late. That is so true. Looking at the non 
verbals. I got to write that down. That was very, very important. What's been said and almost as important, what's not being said. So who was this friend to, but who was this friend and how did the whole thing happen? She was a mother, uh, a friend of mine who was in a college class with me, who um, was uh, going through college, trying to raise a family, trying to be a wife, um, trying to work part-time. And, um, and you know, she uh, would come to class late on occasion, and, um, but still very smiley, very kind, very everything. Um, still a perfect- those, those are the ones, right? Those are the ones. Absolutely. Those are the ones, because I'm like that. I'm smiling all yeah. the time and just putting up that brief face, but don't you know, uh-huh. you don't know what's on my shoulder at any given time. Uh-huh. So yeah, those yeah. are the ones, the ones that are strong. They're the ones you want to look out for. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, no, and really, um, you know, she was a perfect student, of course. Um, and just, you know, she was that person that was always uh, involved, always commenting, always helping other people. Um, so her loss to us was uh, very surprising and very saddening. And after the fact, of course, um, there were many things we felt like we may have overlooked in um, maybe having helped her um, not commit suicide. Not that it was anybody, not that it was a a fault of anybody's, um, but I wish at that time I would have been more in tune to the nonverbals, that's all. Um, So I think think that is important. Let's unpack that a little bit. First of all, she was a nursing student because you're a family nurse practitioner, right? Yes. And so because this past week was, on September 17th, we had National Physician Suicide Awareness Day. It is important to mention that and I'm going to include everybody in the medical field as high risk almost at this point. Absolutely. And so we don't, we, we don't necessarily go to the doctor when we should. We don't necessarily, we all want to put up this brief face that everything is good. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing just fine. Just going through a rough patch and I'm fine. And I'm fine. And I'm fine. And I almost want to abolish the word I am, the phrase I am fine, because it just misleads so many of us. So I don't know how specific you want to get, Mary, but mm-hmm. I don't know. How Do you want to dig into a little bit more details of how it, sure. not necessarily the process of what she did per se, but how did it affect you? Because I, I want people to hear your heart. How did it affect you? Well, I get- Did you I hear get, the news? How did yeah. It, so what I could say is that um, she was supposed to show up for a group um, presentation and didn't show up. And so another friend of ours that was in the group, uh, of course, called her, went to check on her, couldn't reach her. Um, and when went to her house, she had packed all of her um, nursing books inside of the garage, closed the garage, and started her car and she was dead in her car um, from carbon monoxide um, poisoning. And so um, of course her husband was notified and from that point on we knew that um, she had killed herself. Um, And I think what was, she was overwhelmed. She um, didn't know how to ask for help. I, I know that there were moments when we did ask if, if is there anything we could do? Her husband would be out of town. Can we help with the kids? Is there something we could do? And, and the answer was, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And so um, 
I, I feel like maybe in hindsight, we could have just done things instead of asked. Just, and, yeah. And, and, or, you know, and, and so, yeah, it affected all of us. I, I took a semester off. Um, oh. um, my other friend has never been the same. Her other friend oh. who was probably closer to her than I was. And of course, her kids have never been the same. Her husband's never been the same. Um, it destroyed a lot of people. And so for, for that, we were heartbroken. Everybody was heartbroken and, you know, beat themselves up for what we could have done or should have done um, to someone who was, seemed so beautifully put together, who had her life together. And she was overwhelmed and she was stressed and she didn't know how to ask for help. So... So there's so many things you've touched on. You've touched on number one, she was overwhelmed, okay? You've talked about the fact that number two, she was stressed. I mean, that's kind of also with the overwhelm, but also did not reach out for help. And this is so vital. I want people to hear that majority, okay, before I say that, Marie, did your friend have any history of mental illness? Do you know? Not that I know of. Um, again, she was that perfect person, or at least portrayed that perfect person. Um, I know that's, I don't know of any mental illness. I know that she was, um, she was in a, in a busy, busy marriage, busy marriage. Her husband traveled a lot again, two kids and working and going to school. And that is important. And that I don't take lightly at all. She's got kids. She's got a marriage. She's got a, an absentee husband, so to say, just physically, of course, I'm thinking about. And then she's got school. Wait a minute. And then nursing school is just like medical school. It's, it's, it's brutal, yeah. right? And, yeah. and, and then, of course, the possibility of not, not wanting to, to be a burden, believe it or not, which are some of the words that people that have attempted suicide and survived use those words. I didn't want to be a burden. I didn't want to have to, you know, I just felt like I'll be, the world would be better off with me gone type of things. And mm -hmm. I want people to hear when you say you did not have, you did not know as far as you're concerned that she had mental illness. The reason I say that is because I want people to understand that majority of people who die by suicide actually do not have mental illness. What they have is an overwhelming, I'm going to repeat that, overwhelming amount of stressors that exceeds their coping ability at that point in time. Fast forward into the future, which we can't see, situation might have changed, but at that point in time, it was just overwhelming stress. Whether for you who's listening to me, a marriage and children and school and stress doesn't do it for you, for someone else it might. And that's why I said, I am the ultimate mercenary and the ultimate rebel with the cause to spread kindness and compassion. Because just because it doesn't bother you, I had to file bankruptcy, but that did me in. I know people that have filed bankruptcy many times. We have a sitting president who has filed bankruptcy seven times. But to each his own, for me, that alone was a lot. And so your friend had all these things, which are a lot. A busy marriage, you don't have to say it more. I, I can hear the words you're not saying. It's a lot for anybody. And so for you listening to me, for the listeners out there, just hear Marie's words that sometimes there's some unsaid things and maybe of course after the fact we saw things that we could have maybe done differently or maybe even just say okay that's it i don't care what you say i'm doing it you know kind of thing but they didn't and it's not their fault and people that have survived suicide 
attempts have told people that it's not your fault. If love was enough, <laughs> nobody would be dying by suicide. You know, if money was enough, nobody would be dying by suicide. So, wow. And then she said one of her friends has never been the same because it's a piece of you that's gone. I read somewhere that, is it like 30 people or 300 people are affected by each suicide? This is the ripple effect of the family members and the friends and then the coworkers. It's a lot of your neighbors. All of them are affected by one individual suicide. And yet I wonder why people are not talking about suicide, why we don't have more people taking arms about suicide, you know? It's just yeah. everybody's problem, ultimately. Yeah. Wow, Marie, thank you for sharing, sharing that story. I could tell that it must have been tough. It must have been tough. Yeah, yeah. So now, I don't know if you're ready to pivot to your own story or you want to still add some more, but before we even go any further, are you in touch with her? her children, her family? Do you know how they're doing? So I think that was the next point when you, you mentioned how it affects everybody. Um, I think to how it affected her sons and how it affected their, her own son's marriages and how it affected their children mm. and how it affected their children's children um, because of the, the substance abuse or the things that come along with um, anxiety, depression, and the loss of a parent, um, especially suicide. Um, so, you know, I don't know much about what is going on now. I know I heard a couple of years ago that one of the sons was not doing well um, uh, and had been arrested for um, DWI and drugs. And so, you know, who knows at what, what happened um, from that or not, but you, you can't um, help to question um, how that affected those boys and how it'll affect those boys' boys or kids. Um, so, uh, as you say that the loss of that one loved person has such a ripple effect on the world. I mean, on, on every person subsequent thereafter. So that was my, my only, um, statement, but again, I'm better as a, as a, as a provider, as a medical provider to try to, um, be kind, to hug, to just see that my patients are okay, even if they say they are to hear what they're, what is going on in their life and how they're managing stress. Because I know from that experience that what they tell me is not always, um, what is, is how they're really coping. And because of that, I feel like I've had many tears that come, many hugs that come, um, many stories that come out in, in perhaps a way that they wouldn't have had I not had that, um, experience. So in essence, in essence, you're talking about the fact that, and I go back to this a lot because I am also a medical provider. And I, and I talk about the fact that we as providers must realize that we are the last frontier. A lot of times the patient comes to you, you can tell that there's something else. Yeah. You can tell, yeah, I have a headache, I have a sore throat, but there's more to it. And that's one of the things that we, we, we share in common. I'm a big time hugger. I will hug you yeah. so that you feel that even those words that are unsaid, I hear them. I yeah. see you. Like, I'm actually with you. So you're almost more, in fact, you're not almost, you are more intentional and more mindful with that brief five, 10, 15 minute interaction with yeah, them so, because you right. don't ever want them to leave your space. And then it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I was the last person yeah. they saw. So yeah. this is great. And, and so to providers who are listening to me, this is real. If someone comes to see you, you do have to try to read between the lines every time. Yeah. And then read between your own lines and know when to call a timeout for yourself because it's yeah. exhausting. It's very yeah. exhausting to carry on 
the heavy load, seeing 30, 40 patients a day, and each one you need to hone in on the ESP part of the visit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was it. I mean, that was what I would take away. And always look in their eyes, just look in their eyes. You know. The eyes are truly the window to the soul. And I know someone said, one of my, and I quote her in almost every episode, she said it's easier for people to say, to say yes than to say, I need help. I love right. that. Like, yeah, how are true. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, are you doing okay? Da, 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 da. Are you, are you look like you could use, you know, or whatever. And then the person say, yes, yes, uh -huh. indeed I am. Versus let them be the ones to volunteer. In fact, they're almost wishing in their mind that Marie will see that I'm not doing well and ask me, you know, and then they'll be like, oh, yes, yes, or not, you know? But yeah, yeah I, I just love that particular, that particular quote. Yeah, I hear For sure, for sure. And this has been over 20 years ago, right? Because according to you... Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so this was, let me think. Um, so this was about 24 years ago. Wow. 24 years ago, yeah. And so. still, I can hear from your voice when you're talking about it, the pain. It is. It's awful to even think about it. It really is. It is. It was, it was not a good time, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. I had a yeah. friend, too, and she, you know, she killed herself. And my son is 19 now. And she was the reason he came early. He came six weeks early. And I still think about I see her face. I see her hairstyle. Everything. I smell her perfume. Mm -hmm. And I just want to tell her, I wish I called you two weeks earlier i yeah. wish i called it two weeks ago because i called and they told me she had killed herself two weeks before and yeah. to this day i just i stood my eyes to water just i just i wish i had a chance to say something to her like maybe just maybe because i do tend to i tend to i tend to make people feel better you know when i'm around them yeah i don't know if i could have helped but i wish i had gotten the chance to get in the space with her before that. And I kept putting off calling her. That's the worst thing. I kept thinking about calling her, but I just did it. Yeah. I putting it off. I don't know why. I know, Uche. I know. And I feel like I wish I would have stopped by because I was going to stop by. I, I was just going to stop by and bring her lunch one day when she was studying and I didn't. And I wish I had. I wish I had those moments with her to maybe hear on a one-to-one -one what was really happening or how I could have helped her what I could have done, you know, uh, we all have our what ifs, you know, and that's the hardest part to grapple with. The what if department has a long waiting list, okay? Yes, a, I love, yes. And I love what we're talking about because it's also therapeutic. Even for me, she yes. wasn't even like a close, close friend, but she was a friend enough for us to call each other. And I am generally the one that calls. Most of my friends from Nigeria, my classmates from high school, med school, when yes. they come to visit, there's one person they're going to call that will tell them how everyone is doing. And that's usually me. Yeah. And that girl, I, just, <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. The what ifs, the what ifs. But, so you know. For all it's worth, may her soul, may all the souls of those who have died rest in perfect peace. Absolutely. They found, they found rest. Because yes. it's not an easy decision to arrive at. The gentleman I read his blog recently said, suicide or suicidal behavior is the ultimate is the ultimate form of human burnout. Yeah, that's big. That is, that is big. It really is. It really is. And you know, as it's, it's, it's twisted as this sounds, and we don't know ever question why these things happen or these experiences happen for us in particular, I feel like in a way it was 
God's way of giving me some sort of gift to for prevention in other people or to maybe see those things in other people that maybe one or two things I say or do would, would prevent somebody else from making that decision. And, and so I don't want to say that her suicide was a gift to me, but it changed my life and my perspective and my, and how I try to reach people. Amen. So, Amen. And that is so true. I know for me, my seven year old patient didn't die, but what died in me was that urge to go back penicillin for strep throat anymore. That died in me. So there was a transformation. And the reason I say that is because you know the analogy when you plant the most beautiful rose bush ever, and Mary, you live in a wonderful neighborhood with all the best looking trees. For every one of those trees, those beautiful plants you have around your house, the seed had to die to give birth to the plant. And I have to remember that something usually has to give up its yeah. ghost for that transformation of a brand new life Absolutely. to be born. And so if for all it's worth, all of us activists out there who talk about suicide and try to spread awareness, if only because that death kind of woke us up to, wait, okay, what am I going to do about this? This is the best month to talk about this. The fact that September is indeed Suicide Awareness Month, and every single day I've posted on my Facebook page, what are you going to do today yeah. to help spread awareness for suicide? What are you going to do today? And suicides really should not be one month or one day. It should be every day, just like Mother's yeah. Day should be every day. But, you know, and those posts help, Uche. They help a lot. I mean, even when I see your post, I pull my son around. Oh, yes. How are you doing today? Tell me about your day. What's going on for you? And he'll share whatever. But they're little reminders that you have to connect with people every day. And even if they're not saying something, you need to look in their eyes and you need to just hear them hear whatever is going on for them and just dig a little deeper um so i appreciate your post every day thank you so much and as you know the listeners know as i do each of these i usually write down certain quotes and marie's top quote for me today she said more than three times is look in their eyes the eyes will tell you usually you know the eyes will tell you when you're lying the eyes will tell you when you're not <laughs> i think you can you can Fake was the word you can pass a um, lie detector test, but you won't pass the eye detector test. So I mean, oh my god, that's a good one. <laughs> I just that came up with something, yeah, but you can pass it all you want. Your eyes will still tell, you know, for those who have been in tune with you. Ironically, based on what you just said, and I and I and I appreciate what you said about the post helping and you going home and, and hugging on your kids and just being in their presence. After I gave the talk in, in Washington, DC to the Nigerian doctors about four of them came back and told me that they actually called their kids that day. This particular guy found me at a party at night and told me how he called his daughter and actually like bonded with her on a such a high level that day because he was like, oh my goodness. And then the girl was like, what, dad, what? what are you doing? <laughs> but he, he did it, you know, and he felt so good. And I told him, I said, Stay the course, stick with it, you know, yeah. stick with it. Absolutely. How much does your child work, you know? Yeah, it makes a difference. It does. It's big. Wow. So, Marie, you want to tell us um, about yourself? I know you said you were also a suicidal teen, which, believe it or not, I, I was never suicidal, but now just looking back, and the more I do this podcast, the more 
in memories that have been buried, just kind mm -hmm. of resurrecting, you know? Mm -hmm. There was a time where I just, I just, you know, I just wanted out. Yeah. It's suicidal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, so tell us about, you want to share your story? Well, I can tell you that um, we moved a lot. Uh, my dad was in the military. And um, when he retired, prior to one of our moves, I was 14, um, I was sexually assaulted. And um, when we moved from one place to another, we moved from Texas to New York. And um, that uh, experience would not leave my head. And it, it, it tortured me um, day in and day out and day in, day out. And for me, um, that experience was so, um, torturous mm -hmm. that I couldn't, I couldn't function, couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. And I didn't tell anybody, of course. Um, and so at that moment in my life, I felt like, um, ending my life mm -hmm. was the only way to make that, um, experience go away. Um, and so that, at that time, I began to cut on myself, um, at which point uh, I used to cut on myself that would say, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I know. I used to cut on myself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then um, one day my dad found me. I had cut on myself and he took me to the hospital. And at that point, it began therapy for me. I started to go to therapy and, and, and uncover what was behind that pain. And so at the time it really seemed like the best choice in the world to um to just end my life because i just didn't want to feel it anymore so of course years of therapy later <laughs> um i was able to recover from that experience and again i feel uh a gift to connect with people who have endured sexual assault and how my life would be completely different i wouldn't have these three beautiful kids my career, my life, my whatever, and how that may have affected my parents, who I now care for, um, I wouldn't be here. And so in the moment, it seemed like the only answer, but um, I was blessed um, with um, the fact that somebody led me into the direction of healing. And, you know, I'm thankful for that experience in hindsight, <laughs> um, so that I would have the opportunity to continue. I can't imagine not having the experiences I have in my life now, had I taken it. So, um, I don't know, I guess that's it in a nutshell. But um, since then I've learned several, 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 as I'm sure you have, people who have been raped, assaulted, mm -hmm. mistreated, beaten, whatever, whatever, whatever. And um, to, when they're in that moment where they feel like their life is over and they can't go on, to share that experience is, less, listen, it's, it's horrible, the worst thing that could ever happen, but, there is life outside of this moment, um, outside of this pain. So I think that's, that was my earlier experience. It's funny you said that. And thank you so much for sharing that story. I could hear from your voice. It's still, I don't I wouldn't say it's still difficult, but it still is to some extent. And I was, I was almost sexually molested at nine, but when I was in med school, I was raped. And so and I posted it yesterday because there was that, post about the former mayor of Ohio who 
Right. Right. I don't want to say the word that he said the four-year-old was a willing participant. Like the sickness of that man is a yeah. different level of sickness. Of course. You know, and it was like, oh my God, I didn't know, I didn't know. I said, you never know the story that people have. Yeah. Everybody has a story. And so thank you for sharing yours. And yes, absolutely. We're gonna do a whole episode about cutting. So you might have to come back because I want people <laughs> to understand that I had a, I had a 19-year-old speak at one of my my events, the one that your baby missed, but I had a <laughs> speak at that event. And she was a chronic cutter. And then she told us that she was cutting just to feel. And she yes. said, She said, I cut to feel. And I love the way she put it, she said she just didn't feel anything because there was also domestic sexual assault from a close mm-hmm. family member kind of thing. And she did that just to help her feel anything. Right. And that was important to me for cutting because a lot of people don't understand, well, why would anybody want to hurt themselves? Well, yeah, <laughs> suicide is the ultimate way to hurt yourself. Why would anybody want to do that? A happy person doesn't do that. And so the key is rather than judging is to figure out why and more importantly yeah. how can i help you mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you don't want to share their story you still have to help them because you might be the last person to see them and i don't want you telling me oh sending me thoughts and prayers after the fact no where, yeah. were, you, where were you when i was you know so yeah. wow so that's actually a very good place to round up almost um as far as the the, the interview process goes today because i want you to kind of a nice caveat, and I think you've almost said it already, just words of encouragement for someone who's listening to you, mm-hmm. you know, a parent, a child, a teen, a young adult listening to you, just with this, everything you share with us, what kind of words of encouragement do you have? You've already said a lot this life after the pain, and I love that, but. So. I would just say that um, you never know what a gift you can be to other people through your own pain and um and that that purpose is gonna check a box in your soul that nothing else can um really um and so i would just say that life gets better um it does it does it does as a matter of fact the gentleman i was reading his blog said the same thing that at the point of attempting suicide that very moment you feel like there's no other option or better still you feel like you're so emotionally exhausted suicide is the only option at that point but if you just wait if you just wait a little bit yeah life around the corner wow absolutely wow Wow, thank you marie so much for this thank you for coming looking forward to this for so long so where can the people find you i know you're in transition which is awesome but where can you <laughs> well i will my new position will be at lackland air force base <laughs> as a nurse practitioner there in women's health and i'm you know things that i my strengths should i say are helping people with um postpartum depression anxiety um maternal depression menopausal depression anxiety um just life transitions and and uh trying to keep a positive mindset, anything. But if anybody ever makes the choice or can come see me, I'm there, I'm open, I'm willing. And you could just close the door and I'm there for a hug. 
I love it. I love it because I see a life coach in Marie's future. You know, I mean, yeah. give me say amen. I see, I see a life coach because you are handling the tough topics, the tough ones. You know, mm -hmm. the, there's a beautiful bouncing baby. Why am I not happy? That's yeah. what you're there for. And, mm -hmm. and, and you know what? What better person to do this kind of thing than someone who's talking their walk? And that's what I'm talking about. You know, you've, you've walked this walk, so you know how to talk about it. And you know mm -hmm. how to meet those people at their point of need. Wow. Marie, this has been amazing. Did you think it was going to be this? No. I love you, Uche. Mm -hmm. I knew that you would guide me. <laughs> I think you did good. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Momatrician. This is Suicide Pages, the podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening. I do not take it for granted that I come into your ears and into your heart and into your soul every day or every however often you listen to me. Thank you for always, always listening, for subscribing, for downloading we are over 1,200 downloads in 10 weeks. I can't even believe it. But you're going to be hearing this podcast, I don't know when. So <laughs> keep on sharing and keep on subscribing and keep on helping each other. And like Marie said, look into their eyes. I don't care what they're, they're, they're saying to you. The body language and the eyes will tell you the whole story. And on that note, I'm going to say goodbye. So long. Farewell. Peace out. Adios. Marie, what you want to say? Adios. <laughs> Peace out. Be kind, be kind, be kind, be kind. Be kind, be compassionate, be loving. And I'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye.